three, two, one. What is going on, everybody? Locked on crossover. I got Buckeyes. I got Badgers. Jay Stevens, the host of Locked on Buckeyes. Ryan Herring's the host of Locked on Badgers. Thank you so much for joining us on an awesome episode. Jay, thank you for joining us. Uh, big week. Let's get it. Big week. Huge week. Badgers and, and the Buckeyes battle it out in the shoe on Saturday night in prime time. And this is a game that Buckeye fans have been circling one, it's the Big Ten season opener, but also it's a blackout. The Buckeyes are wearing the all-black uniforms, and I can't wait to see those uniforms under the lights. ABC will be there. I'm just excited to just get football back and Big Ten basketball against two teams that really have tough battles when they play each other on the football field. Yeah, it's tough. About it. it's, it's funny. I did a show in the offseason about why we can never beat Ohio State, which actually ended up having a lot of Ohio State fans come on and really enjoy it, like that kind of shade and fraud of uh, sports fandom. But, you know, there's been a lot of tight battles, but the, the Buckeyes have beaten Wisconsin in really every way, right? There's been blowouts in the last eight, nine games. There's been blowouts, Big Ten title games in Columbus, in Madison, overtime, third string quarter quarterback coming in and, and wiping the floor with us. You know, so for Badger fans, like, we're just sick of it, you know, and it, it, there, at some point, you know, we have to find a way to get over the hump because Ohio State is the benchmark for the Big Ten, and Wisconsin just hasn't been able to do it for a decade. They haven't beaten Ohio State since 2010. It's a long time, man. It's a long yeah, time. There, yeah, there was a uh, a few coaching changes. There mm-hmm. have been quite a few quarterbacks. There have been some guys that have gone into the NFL. Uh, there was a national championship win. I was at the 59-0 beatdown that the Buckeyes had oh. of the Badgers. And so, yeah, it's a lot. It's a long time, pretty long time, but – I want to be. I want to try and be like. Well, it may happen this year with the Badgers win, but I don't. I really don't see it happening because Ohio State's really, really talented. Man, they have a lot mm-hmm. of talent on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and it's listen. It's also a game at night in Columbus. Like, if if you were to say, um, you know, later in the season, Wisconsin Ohio State matchup in Indy, right? They they have a neutral field matchup. May, maybe something happens there, but there's a reason Wisconsin is a 17 and a half point underdog in this game. Like they, they haven't beaten Ohio State in forever, and it's because the talent on the edges. And we're going to get into it. Ohio State has so much more talent in, in the spots that college football has really evolved towards, right? Quarterback, cornerback, receiver, and I know cornerback may not be up to the, the standards of Ohio State per se, but the talent on the edges has been so hard for Wisconsin to overcome. And it's why we haven't beaten the Buckeyes in 10 years. So you add all that in and a night game in Columbus. It's a tough matchup, man, for Wisconsin. It's really tough when you see the talent on the, on the outside with the receivers. And you also added CJ Stroud, who I think last week showed the the country, might of the country that he is still that dude that he Mm -hmm. is still going to be able to do some special things on the football field. And it's not just with his, guy, Marvin Harrison Jr. or Emeka Ekabuka. He could get other guys involved. I mean, he had five touchdowns of five incompletions. I'm, I'm still marveling at that almost a week later because that's that's unheard of. To have a guy be that efficient, um, that uh, that can be able to consistently move the ball would seem like at will against uh, Toledo last week. And I get it's a max school, but it doesn't matter. He's moving the ball. He's playing in a way that if he's just continue, continues to get better and better and better each and every week, he should be a guy that people look at and say, Stroud is that guy. Stroud is that dude. And Badgers fans understand you don't always need a first-string quarterback to beat Wisconsin. Sometimes you can get a guy at a start, as a third-string quarterback making his first start, and he just comes in and goes crazy. Mm-hmm. But you have a guy in Stroud who's way better than Cardall Jones ever was at Ohio State. This could be a recipe for success for the Buckeyes, recipe for disaster for the Badgers. 
Yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, we talk about this as well. Ohio State always has, it feels like against Wisconsin, a, a quarterback advantage, right? Whether it's, I mean, you talked about Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones is still an NFL draft pick. You know, what, yeah, yeah. what's the last Wisconsin NFL draft pick, that quarterback, right? And then you had just the litany of incredibly talented, the, the Barretts and, you know, even the Terrell Pryor, who actually was a, the last Ohio State quarterback Wisconsin beat, but he was physically talented and played in the NFL, not as a quarterback. But there's been so many dudes that go through there. The Wisconsin's used to having the quarterback disadvantage. So I, I think they're almost a numb to the fact that C.J. Stroud is amazing, but we're used to that. We're used to Ohio State coming in with that quarterback advantage. Even then, Stroud is is a dude. You know, watching that Toledo game, he makes some throws. That one in the back of the end zone where there was nothing there, he rolled out to his right. A great coverage by Toledo. And, you know, like he just makes throws that you can be in position and it's going to drive you nuts because you can't cover perfect throws to talented receivers in football. Right? We've reached that point in college football where the elite receivers with a great throw, you can't cover them. And it's going to cause you to, to rip your hair out as a Badgers fan. Um, I did want to ask you, is there anything, and I think kind of maybe this is where we want to go in the first segment, is there anything you've seen from Ohio State to start the season that maybe hasn't lived up to what you hoped? Maybe would give the Badgers a bit of a, an opening here. Hmm. I'll take my time with this one because I think can think of a player, which I've kind of harped on on Locked on Buckeyes quite a bit, uh, hasn't lived up to the billing I got two players for different reasons. One's Trayvon Henderson, but it's also the running back. He's been dinged up twice in three games, and I'm really wondering if he's going to be durable um, throughout this year and throughout his tenure career at Ohio State. Um, but also Denzel Burke has been someone that seems like the sophomore slump has hit him. Where I always say it, your second year, no matter if you're a quarterback, a running back, an offensive lineman, or a corner, Coaches have more film on you. Coaches know where mm-hmm. your weaknesses are. They know where your strengths are. They know how to who to overcome, how to um, make you vulnerable on the field. And maybe we're seeing the sophomore slump in Denzel Burke. And maybe this is maybe this is the game where he sees that hey, Graham Mertz is talented. He's not as good as Stroud, but Graham Mertz is talented. If I want to build confidence in myself, I need to get back to the basics and make sure my technique is there. So those are a couple of players. I was trying to think, like, should I go a position group or should I go to a player? It's a couple of players, one durability of a really talented running back and one just a, a guy and a sophomore in Denzel Burke who really has not been technically sound like he was a year ago. Okay. No, that's interesting. Do we know uh, from your standpoint, uh, is Henderson playing? Is he, if he is playing, do we know what percentage he's at potentially? They don't give that information during the week. Ryan Day and the staff, they really are tight-lipped with the injury information. The one thing that they did, Ryan Day did say is that he believes that Henderson's injury status is a short-term injury, not a long-term one. Now, short-term could be missed two games. Short-term could be start against Wisconsin. We don't know. So that's one thing where Ohio, Ohio State's really tight-lipped and mm-hmm. don't, they don't let information out about injuries uh, very, very loosely. They really they don't want to share it. So I don't know. My guess is that he plays. Is he on a pitch count? That's probably my guess. Mayan Williams is a bright spot as backup running back. And the third string running back, Dallin Hayden, has been really flashing as well. So I'm not really too worried about the running backs. I just know the Buckeyes are a better team when Henderson's on the field. Yeah, for sure. You know, they're, Wisconsin on Wisconsin side, the the offensive line, which has a bunch of four and five star guys, it's really the spot where Wisconsin recruits nationally, recruits blue chips. 
And they moved a, a really highly regarded offensive line coach to that spot this year, Bob Bostead, who's been a, a great offensive line coach in the past. The line hasn't really pushed people around like we thought they would. And Braylon Allen's been good, but he's not running for the same yards per carry he did last year, even though he's a year older, a year more into that uh, strength and conditioning program. And I think we expected a little more, speaking of a spot where we're going to, in the next segment, I think, talk a little bit about spots where maybe the Badgers are better than we thought and Ohio State is, is further along. But the offensive line in the running game itself has looked a little sluggish against, quite frankly, pretty bad competition to start the season. So that's something uh, for a Badger team, that offense that really leans on it is, is something to monitor as well coming into this. I did a little looking quick glance to get the stats before coming on with you here, Ryan. And I saw that Braylon Allen is averaging six and a half yards a pop. And I'm he- listening to you say that he is not averaging the same yards per carry like he did last year. And I, I, re- I watched Braylon Allen last year, watched him this year, still marvel at the type of talent that he is, but he's able to do some things where you're right. The, sometimes the old line gets stalemated and the holes aren't there. He's able to pop up, pop out and create things where things aren't um, for most running backs. And, it's kind of scary to think about if the O-line played better, how much better he would be right now, 33 games in 2022. Yeah, and a quick note on that before we jump into the next part here. You know, Braylon Allen, for those who don't know, played all of last year as a 17-year-old. Like, he skipped his, his final year of high school. And, you know, if you watch him this year, he's become much more patient, more of a yes. Le'Veon Bell-type runner where he's really – picking the spots and trying to find that perfect hole. But at times it's also hurt him instead because he's such a big physical dude. I mean, he could squat a house. You know, there's times where you just have to put your head down, right, and drive forward for three yards. And uh, he's struggled a little bit with that this year. It's kind of interesting. Um, I think coming up, and, and I don't know if you have anything else uh, that you wanted to touch on in terms of spots that maybe haven't played up to their potential. Not really. Um, I think right. I think the team is leaning more into the running game and running the ball more. I believe there were 44 carries against Toledo a week ago, which was really amazing compared to how the Buckeyes ran against – how much they ran against Notre Dame and also Arkansas State. But I do think, though, um, I expected more runs this year. I think we'll see more runs coming up soon, especially against Wisconsin, a, a very physical team. But that's probably the biggest thing is that the my expectation for the running game and how many runs would be called wasn't that way at the beginning of the year. I mm-hmm. think Ryan Day is realizing you got to run the ball more, especially going into some of these physical matchups, Wisconsin this week, Iowa next week. If you don't run the ball, these teams, you're kind of playing into the warehouse because if they can get aggressive in the in the run game, that may help them in the in the passing uh, pass rush as well. So um, my biggest thing was not, not enough runs early on, but I think we're kind of seeing Ryan Day trying to alter his philosophy to be able to run the ball more consistently um, and just get the get the guys just back the ball and let them do their thing on the field for sure all right coming up on this locked on uh crossover with the Buckeyes and the Badgers we're going to talk a little bit about matchups that may decide the game key players and uh really some of the spots on the teams that have exceeded expectations but first today's show is brought to you by Nugenics um we talked a lot on the show previously about just getting older health is wealth trying to take care of yourself feeling like you just can't quite get in shape and it's difficult. The older you get, it's difficult. Remember when winning felt easy? You know, that's because you were younger. You were at the peak of your testosterone production. Um, it, it's something that's called winner's hormone, man's hormone. It would be nice to get that winner's edge back, that old swagger back in your step. Well, Nugenics is here to help you. Nugenics boasts your uh, t- t- testosterone, which the aging process robs you of. You want more of that. And Nugenics is the best way on the market to get more of that, feel stronger, 
leaner, more energy, more drive, more passion. Uh, and your partner's going to notice the difference as well. With every while every product does this, they profess to do this. Nugenics is different. The quality is incredible. It's something that's been on the market for 10 years, backed by science and research. It's, it gives you more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging. Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with um, Testofen uh, will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results in the gym, and look and feel like the man you were supposed to be. Um, with this new offer, you get complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text COLLEGE to 231-TAC-231. Text now, get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever. Key ingredients to help you get back in shape fast, absolutely free. Text college to 231-231. Text college to 231-231. Get back to the man that you're supposed to be. Message and data rates do apply. Terms apply. Available at newgenics.com slash terms. And Jay, let's let's jump back into this. I do want to thank everyone on both sides listening to the show, tuning in, whether you're watching on YouTube, following on the pod. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to Jay. He does amazing work over at Locked On Buckeyes, uh, someone who has built a large community, always on top of it. So definitely check out his stuff. Um, stay on top of everything going on with the Buckeyes. And I kind of want to jump in here, Jay. Uh, what's what's a matchup or a key player that you're looking at in this game? So I'm going to go to back to the backfield. I keep I talked about Braylon Allen earlier, and I love his game, and I like seeing. You mentioned the patience that he that he has. And well, I don't know if that was what I saw initially when I saw him play. It was a few clips I saw from the New Mexico State game, but he was just able to like not run into traffic. See that see a small hole, get his body through it, skiddy up really quickly, and skedaddle to the end zone. So I really like him, but I'm watching Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi versus the Buckeyes linebackers. Mm-hmm. The Buckeyes linebackers have been playing way better than they did a year ago. The D line has been able to free up the LBs for the linebackers, Steel Chambers, Tommy Eichenberg, and then Cody Simon coming in in a backup role to be able to free up and just be able to fly all around the field to play good sound football. But you're going up against a two-headed monster, uh, Allen averaging six and a half yards a pop, Ches Malusi averaging 4.7 yards a pop. Those two guys together have six touchdowns on the season. You're going to have to be very physical, but also very smart. So I'm watching the backs of the Badgers versus the, the backers of the Buckeyes to see how do they do. Is is Allen too physical? Is he too big? Is he is he is he patient enough to where the Buckeyes can't handle him, or is it the other way around where Malusian and Allen they can't do anything with the Buckeyes linebackers because as the Buckeyes linebackers are filling the gaps and filling the holes, Allen and Malusi Allen and Malusi can't go anywhere. So that's what I'm looking forward to. As much as I want to talk about Grand Birds versus the Buckeyes secondary, I think the Badgers. Everybody knows. You got to stop their running game. If you slow down or stop their running game, you're going to have a really good chance of winning this one. I'm watching Braylon Allen specifically add in Chesmalusi versus the uh, Buck, Buckeyes linebackers. That's what my eyes are in, man, in, the, in this game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a great one, obviously. I, for me, I, it all starts with C.J. Stroud and the, that receiver group and, and the tight end um, against that Badger secondary. This is a revamped Badger secondary. And uh, I think when you talk passing games, right, you talk ecosystem. You talk the entire thing. Same with passing defense, right? There's no passing defense without a pass rush. There's no passing offense without an offensive line. Um, so I'm really just watching that big matchup because in the past, Wisconsin hasn't been able to – Wisconsin's held up pretty well for the most part against Ohio State on the ground. They they can play in the trenches for the most part with Ohio State when, when they're good, but they haven't been able to make the plays in the secondary. They haven't been able to hold up. Um, 
So that's really where I'm where I'm watching. You have that that incredibly deep group of Iowa State receivers, and we've talked about C.J. Stroud already. Are they going to be able to get pressure on them? So Wisconsin has Nick Herbig, who is one of the best pass rushers in the Big Ten. They don't have, at least as up to this point yet, a lot of help. So I'm very interested how Ryan Day, how the Buckeyes are going to game plan Nick Herbig. Are they going to chip him? Are they going to roll the pocket away? We saw in Toledo a couple times where I thought Ohio State did a great job moving the pocket. Stroud is incredible moving around, finding targets. They pulled a puller like a guard out while they move the pocket to give him a little bit more time. If the Buckeyes just roll it away from Herbig and they chip him, I don't know if the Badgers are going to get a pass rush. And that's you, you're not going to survive against Stroud and the, those receivers if you can't get some pressure on them. So that's really where I'm at. I'm, I'm watching that Wisconsin pass defense, the whole ecosystem against that Ohio State pass offense. Can they pressure them? And if they can pressure them, can they hold up for the three or four seconds on islands? One of the best things about Stroud is his ability to be able to move in – up the pocket or outside of the pocket and still be able to keep his eyes down mm-hmm. the field and not be, he's not a threat to run the ball, but he also knows that everybody knows that and he can still be moving around right and also going left to get the ball to his guy. Now I marvel at his elite ball placement, but he had a pass third down against Notre Dame to Mayan Williams. He was rolling to his left and it seemed like it was just like something that they had done in practice. It was, the ball was in a spot where only Mayan Williams could catch it. Stroud rolling left was smooth. And I'm like, bro, you're right-handed quarterback. Guys doing that, it, it's not as easy as you make it look. But it, it just seemed like it was just another day of practice, mm-hmm. another day of me making a connection with one of my guys on offense. And so Stroud's ability to be able to move in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, and not be fixated on one receiver or one person, but to also be able to read the defense at the same time, this is next-level stuff, man. We're seeing this in year two, in through three games as him as a starter. I This is a game where you want to be able to see, like, hey, is the Buckeye O-line going to be able to be enough for the, the Badgers front? But also – can Stroud continue to make strides to be one of the better or if not the best QBs in the country? I think his ability to move in the pocket and also get outside but still keep his eyes downfield and read the defense is one thing that the Badgers have to be ready for because if not, it could be a long day. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Like he is so good at – he's subtle, right? Like he is yeah. he's a subtle athleticism to him where he's able to almost glide around the pocket. It looks like he's barely touching the field at times and just kind of glide around, find targets, face up. He's incredible. I 100% agree. He's absolutely incredible. The interesting thing here, if you were to talk to most Badger fans before the season and you were to tell them, because Stroud's incredible, um, but Grant Mertz is actually fifth in the country right now in passing efficiency. If you just look at efficiency numbers, he's you know completion percentage in the 70s. He's only thrown two picks this year and both of those off tip passes. You know, and Mertz coming into the year was was really the big question mark for Wisconsin. So if you had told most Badger fans, hey, coming into the Ohio State game, Graham Mertz is going to have be really, really good over three games. Uh, this is as confident as Wisconsin should feel going into Columbus, you know, going into playing this powerhouse. But Wisconsin's not because they also dropped that really weird game against Washington State where they had 11 penalties, multiple turnovers, special teams issues. So I think Badger fans are really kind of, I think they're really mixed up on this one because of the way Mertz has played. We haven't seen quarterback play like that in a couple of years, but we also lost to Washington state as a 17 point favorite, <laughs> you know? So we're not really sure where we're at, to be honest. And then that's not the place you want to be going into Columbus for a night game. 
That's one of the trickiest things about this. If you were just trying to say, hey, Wisconsin, their, their, their schedule, who have they played, their record, what are some just raw numbers on them? You can see points per game. You guys have 39.3, 32nd in the country. You're only giving up eight points per game, and that's eighth in the country. That's not bad. That's not bad mm-hmm. at all. But then when you look at, okay, you played a, you played a non-major school at FCS Illinois State, I believe. You lose to the only Power 5 school of Washington yep. State, which I believe was a home game as well. It was. And you just beat New Mexico State 66-7. New Mexico State's an independent. So you give up seven points to the non-Power 5 schools. Then on one Power 5 school, you only give up 14, excuse me, 17 points, but that's a loss. And I was t- literally texting one of my friends before I got on here. I was like, this Wisconsin team, they're talented, but I have no idea what to expect. I know what I'm going to get from some of the players and some of the athletes. Mm-hmm. But as a collective unit, I don't know because not only is Ohio State a different test, their non-conference schedule was pretty weak. So I am kind Mm -hmm. of up in the air about what to expect. And it sounds like, uh, Ryan, I I don't know if you know what to expect either because this could be a close one. It could be a blowout. I'm leaning more towards a blowout, but we just don't know what this Wisconsin team is right now. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Now, I think that's, if we're being uh, really honest, I think you can say that about a lot of programs three weeks yeah. into a season, right? I think a lot of teams that have an early, like it, I would say this, if you're going to drop a game or play poorly, and Wisconsin, it listen, it doesn't matter, and Washington State fan wouldn't want to hear this. Wisconsin had 400-something yards. Washington State had 200-something. They missed Wisconsin missed two field goals, had a bunch of, like Wisconsin outplayed the coup, uh, you know, the, uh, Washington State, but they just lost. It is what it is. But I think a lot of teams, like we thought that Ohio State-Notre Dame game, for example, was was probably bigger than it's going to end up being, right? Because mm-hmm. Notre Dame, look at what Notre Dame has done since then. You know, so I don't know if we have a – and obviously Notre Dame is a different test than Washington State, but I don't know if we have a great feel for Ohio State's maybe defense either because we don't really know if they've played an offense that can push them around. Uh, and I, I just mean that in the sense is I don't know if we know a lot about teams, just about any teams after three weeks. No, you really don't. I mean, you can look around, and I know generally in, in football, college football specifically, you get you can get teams not just in the Big Ten, but around the but around the country that start four and five and but then somewhere out somewhere around game six, seven, eight, nine, they come back to reality, and it's like, oh, that was just a that was just mm-hmm. a, a hot minute of success. That was not sustainable success, and so you really don't know. It's a great thing to say because even the Ohio State team. If you're trying to ask me, like, hey, what do we know about them? There's a lot of things we know. I'm also going to tell you there's a lot of things I don't know. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to get from Stroud. The running game, I don't know. The O-line, still a work in progress. The D-line, got to tighten down the rotation. So there are things I know about the Ohio State team, but there's a lot of things I don't know. And through three games, for every team in the country, you don't know a lot about what we've seen so far and what they might do in the future. Agreed. Yeah, 100% agree. Sorry about that. No, no worries. <laughs> Guys, we are right here. Uh, this Buckeye crossover with the Badgers. I am excited to be here with Ryan Herring. I'm also excited to talk to you about our good friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sporting wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. 
head to betonline.net on your computer or your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Ryan, I'm excited for this game this weekend. I'm also excited to hear some more about what you think might happen on Saturday mm-hmm. night under the lights. Yeah, so I, I actually okay, so I'm a fan, right? Like some people do this and they they report, they fan, they, they're one or the other. Uh as as a fan, I find a way to talk myself into most things. You know, like there's a scenario here. So uh, let me be the realistic fan. There's a scenario here where Wisconsin keeps it close. That that scenario does exist. I don't think Wisconsin beats Ohio State, but Wisconsin with their and we don't again, we talked about this last segment. We don't know for sure if it's real, but Wisconsin has shown the ability to throw the ball in ways they haven't in recent seasons. And they have a, a, a receiving core that is as good as they've had in a while. Some really explosive players there. Some young players they've recruited really well. So there, there's a possibility Wisconsin is able to punch Ohio State around a little bit, uh, being a little more balanced than they've been in recent Ohio State matchups. And if that happens, I think this can be a one point or one possession game going into halftime. And then the Buckeyes probably just pull away. Maybe win by 10, 30 to 21. 31 to 17, somewhere in that range. Wisconsin covers, close game going into the third quarter. And then I think the Buckeyes probably pull away a little bit in a game where at the end, the score feels a little closer than the game actually feels. See, this is kind of how I kind of viewed the Notre Dame game. Um, I thought it was going to be close. I thought Notre Dame was going to score a little bit more. But as you said earlier, it's week three, or excuse me, mm-hmm. week four now. We both kind of agreed. You don't know how teams are. And I keep going back to Wisconsin's played really one one power five school, and they, they, they only scored 14 points. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of more of what we're going to see from them throughout this season to where when they play the power five schools and the schools that are going to be more physical with them, even a physical brand of football, Wisconsin, are they going to be able to be as physical with the Buckeyes? Can they run the ball against Ohio State? Can Graham Mertz do things that he wants to do? Can the defense um, be opportunistic and create turnovers? And will the Badger offense be able to be ca- be able to capitalize on the turnovers if the Badgers defense is able to create them? So these are all things going through my head. I think I understand what the Buckeyes will do in this game. I think some of the injuries that the Buckeyes have are they had a couple starters in the secondary didn't play last week, and everyone thought they were going to play. So now it's kind of wondering: Are they? healthy enough to play. Ryan Day says they are. Why didn't they play? Well, it was a rest game, but also you don't want to get guys to get rusty. And so I do think that the Buckeyes will win. I recently looked up the numbers from our good friends at Bet Online, and it's actually the Buckeyes are currently 19-point favorites, mm. which kind of goes back to my statement about we don't know what this team's what Wisconsin is, and it may be because Wisconsin really hasn't played anybody. And so I, I do think Wisconsin will score, not score a lot. But I'm going with I, – I think the Buckeyes will have enough. If it stays close, it'll stay close for a quarter and a half. I think the Buckeyes will pull away after that. They're just too talented. I think Stroud is way too good at reading what defenses are throwing at him and eventually figuring out a way to overcome any obstacle they might put in his way as he continues to put the ball in the end zone. Yeah, it's it's also you go back to uh, not to beat it the dead horse here. When I say passing ecosystem, it's not that just that Stroud is so good. It's that every receiver he has can win on islands, right? And it just makes it so hard defensively. I've used this example in the past. People who listen to my show will probably maybe are sick of it, but playing Ohio State for me is like 
it's it's so difficult because it feels like you're building a dam across the river, right? And the dam's not strong enough. You know it's not, but you keep patching. You put a little mud somewhere, some thatch, some gum. You you patch, but the water just keeps building up. The pressure just keeps building up, and eventually you just can't hold it back for sixty minutes. It it and once it bursts, you know. You missing an assignment against most teams can be a first down. It can be a thirty yarder against Ohio State. It's an eighty yard post. You know, it's 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 a tutty, and it makes it so difficult because Wisconsin has to play perfect, and it's very rare that you can play perfect. It's even rarer when you can play perfect on the road at night. So, I, I really don't see Wisconsin winning. If if they keep it close, it's because the passing game is real and it's not a mirage. It's because Mertz has really made jumps this year. And if they do that, I think it's going to be interesting. I really do. The other thing that I think favors the Buckeyes, and I'm curious on your take on this, I think Ryan Day is a better big game coach than Paul Christ. I, Paul Christ does a lot of things really well, and I, I always want to point that out. He wins a lot of games. He builds really, really good culture teams. But in big games, he tends to call it really passive. He tries to drain the clock. He, you know, he doesn't want to take those risks. Whereas I think Ryan Day thrives in games like that, where I think he, he knows how to push the right buttons and take the right calculated risks. I'm curious on your take on that with Ryan Day in, in bigger moments. Ryan Day has kind of impressed me. Uh, there was a time that I thought Ryan Day in bigger games and big moments, he was uh, not up to the task of making the proper adjustments. Now, granted, he was a, he's, he's only been being a head football coach. This is his fourth season at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So you got to put that in the proper context as well. He's not a guy that's been doing this for 10, 15 years. He's very young. He's in his early 40s. So he's learning this stuff. He's quickly adjusting on the fly. I will say Ryan Day is a pretty good adjuster. And I think that he's a good big game coach because he puts people around him that he can trust. Jim Knowles, the head coach of the defense, as Ryan Day calls him. Jim Knowles, you can trust. He's a football guy. He's a football Mm -hmm. head. He's old school. No nonsense. And I believe that Ryan Day said Ryan Day knows he can trust Jim Knowles to get certain things. Yes, the Buckeye defense will give up some big plays, but Ryan Day also Ryan Day also knows Jim Knowles will quickly fix that thing and get things tightened up quick, fast, and in a hurry. On offense, he has a former head coach and Kevin Wilson as his offensive coordinator. You also have uh Justin Fry, a guy who Ryan Day trusts on the old line. So these are some new coaches this year. But Ryan Day does a good job of putting people around him that he can trust in big moments. Completely different than what we saw last year with the coaching staff. This coaching staff, I think, is a well-oiled machine, maybe want to put it that way. And I think that that's a big reason why Ryan Day is good in big games is because he puts people around him, not just in the regular coaching staff, but also the support staff that he can trust to help him make good decisions in big moments. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, it will be interesting. And they're a quick matchup to follow. We talked defensive coordinators. Um, Noel's obviously awesome. Uh, great addition in the offseason. Jim Leonard going to be a good test for, for Stroud, someone who definitely um, can create some unique looks with his his 3-4 experience, time in the NFL, uh, former safety, obviously, former All-American, yeah, and, and a guy who has really helped elevate Wisconsin's defense and keep it among the top 10 or 12 every single year. So it's going to be interesting to see how he – wants to play the chess match as well against Kevin Wilson, against Ryan Day, against C.J. Stroud. It will be. Um, I, I'm looking forward to both defensive coordinators to seeing what they do, see the adjustments that they make, see if they if they pull guys. And Jim Knowles is not afraid to bench players um, in moments or the defensive coordinator or defensive coaches. They're not, they're not afraid to bench you if you make a bad play because they know there's a guy behind you that can step up in those moments. So I think the battle of the defensive coordinators is something that um, 
as I said, as I say it, the nerds of these fan bases, which it's not a bad term. I love being a a, a nerd and, and things that things like that, especially when it comes to Buckeye football. They're going to be watching closely to see how does Jim, how does Leonard do, how does Knowles do, what adjustments do both coaches make on the defensive side of the ball? Because as much as we marvel at Mertz and Stroud, everyone knows that these defenses are going to be very, very difficult to be to play against this this weekend. What's your uh put you on the spot here? What's your final score prediction? Hoo-wee. I am going to go 45 20. That okay. was off the top of my head. I've been actually not say top of my head, but think about that all show. But I'm only 45 20 buck. I should have said Buckeyes earlier, but uh, we, 45, we <laughs> 45 20 Buckeyes. I do think Braylon Allen probably scores a couple touchdowns. I'll give the Badgers, Badgers two more field goals. Um, but that's it, man. I, I really think that this. This Buckeye offense is hitting, and it's 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 really going to start catching its stride and getting uh, more forty point games under their belt, forty plus point scoring games under their belt. I think I think the Buckeyes offense will average at least forty two points per game. Currently averaging forty seven point seven. Um, yeah, forty five is under forty seven, but it's still higher than the forty two. I think they'll average this year. Um, I think they're just too good, man. I I think these receivers. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like they're gonna they're gonna be better than Wilson Olavian and Jigba last year, but you have a duo with Ekbuka and Harrison Jr. that do things that Olavian and Wilson did not do on the football field. Mm-hmm. No, I mean watching some of Harrison this year, he's he's incredible. The catch radius, the red <laughs> it's zone stupid, ability. Man. It's stupid. He's he's absolutely a nightmare. Like he's like a video game player. I yeah. I I'm going to go 34-20. I, I think it's a little closer. I, I, I still think the, the Buckeyes are just too much here. I think the game probably starts off a little tighter. And then, again, going back to my dam analogy, the, the dam just breaks. You just can't hold it back for four quarters. So I think 34-20, the Badgers played pretty well in the first half. One score game going into the third quarter. But it's just too much Buckeyes. It's at home. Maybe, maybe again, later in the year, we play a neutral site game. Um, we'll see. But I think it's way too much going into Columbus at night. 34-20 Buckeyes, unfortunately. Yeah, those all-black uniforms might be a little daunting as well. I am a person, right? I don't know about you. I'm happy the Buckeyes are wearing all-black uniforms. I say this all the time. I think every football team should have an all-black uniform they, they utilize once a year. I don't care if you're Alabama. I don't care if you're USC. Find a way to have an all-black. Mm-hmm. Even if you add, add in an all-white uniform, find a way to add that into your um, – the rotation of uniforms you use every single year, the all black unis, the Buckeyes don't wear them very often, but when they do they normally play pretty well. So I'm happy they're wearing the all black uniforms this weekend. It's a clean look. I'll give you that. I don't know if every unit team should have it. I think it works better with some teams in some environments, yes. but Ohio state's look is really clean. And that's about as much of a compliment as you'll get from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it, man. I'll take it. All right, man. I think we about covered it. I, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. It was fun. We did cover it. Uh, it's it was fun catching up with you. Um, I think it's the first first crossover we have done. Mm-hmm. If there is a Big Ten championship game between the Buckeyes and Badgers, I look forward to it again because uh, we'll know a lot more about those teams mm-hmm. than what we do after three games, and uh, I think it'll be a tougher matchup at that point as well. Agreed. And you know what else we could potentially do? We'll put it in the back burner. Uh, basketball coming up pretty soon. Maybe we could do uh, if there's a, a good weekend game between our guys. We'll do a, a locked on crossover basketball show. Fun, fun, fun. No more Johnny Davis. He is not there. <laughs> no, uh, he is a dog. Uh, his brother's still there, though, correct? His brother is there, yep. Okay. So that would be another. 
I don't know, like the, the Davises, the Murrays, the Murrays at Iowa. I'm like, where do these guys come from? They're just good yep. basketball players. And, of course, they play for Wisconsin and Iowa. They fit the system very well. 100%. No, we love it. Um, basketball, we're definitely excited about it. Ohio State's obviously one of the staples of the Big Ten on both sides, football and basketball. So uh, it should be a lot of fun, man. And once we get going with both sports at the same time, uh, a lot of things to chop up for sure. Absolutely, man. I've really appreciated this. Yep, same. And for everyone listening, thank you all so much. Um, more than anything, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game on Wisconsin. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more tomorrow.